preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, simply live the supernatural life. That's what every Christian is supposed to do. Learn how through our program with Teresa Lust Ministries. Hello, my beautiful friends. You are tuned in with Teresa Lusk Ministries. I am your host, Teresa Lusk. I'm so thankful that you are tuned in today. We want to invite you to go to our website, TeresaLusk.com, where you can get more information about our ministry, sign up for our email list so we can get some extra encouragement to you. And if you have any questions or testimonies, please email us info at TeresaLusk.com. Today we are talking to you about spiritual wording, W-O-R-D-I-N-G. We are really excited about this segment as we are about all of them. My friends, every single opportunity that we get to empower you, help you, we it just blesses us. And so I want to talk to you about spiritual wording. Um, you know, yesterday I went to uh, dinner with a, a young woman who really is awakening to the things of the spirit you know she's she's really searching after deliverance uh she she wants to learn more about what the lord has to say regarding deliverance and freedom ministry uh you know if you don't believe that deliverance ministry is for you please go back and read mark 16 15 through 18 every christian's commandment is there every christian's assignment men and women it tells you to go preach lay hands on the sick cast out demons it is your instruction and so everybody's called to do that so when she um you know when when we decided we were going to go for for dinner and just talk I, i said to her what can i inform you with what can i what kind of information can i give you or help you what is it that you're looking for what do you want to know and one of the things that she said was i'm looking for wording wording and i and i thought about that okay wording spiritual wording and part of the reason why is because wording has power but unless you learn of it from somebody else through a book through a preaching or the holy spirit teaches you himself which is my favorite way of learning uh, then you won't know and one of the regarding deliverance by the way and one of the things that my husband and i were so blessed with early on in our conversion to to becoming believers and followers of jesus christ was we had a pastor who just he he was very aware of warfare up to a certain degree he he really understood warfare he understood his authority he was a very authoritative man actually and so when he would pray words would just flow out of his mouth and they were all words that were fully loaded my friends they were loaded to bring down darkness to cast off the oppression and the depression and the things that the enemy was doing in people's lives. So we learned a lot just by hearing him. Um, And so after a while of hearing somebody pray in this manner like he did, you just kind of learn and it actually activates you to learn even more because it makes you aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. And so anyhow, so, so we had the privilege of of learning this and it was it was so cool so um so i get her heart for wanting to know and you know my friends as i sit with people to do deliverance with them wording has been one of the most powerful tools 
um, that I've been able to use in deliverance ministry, spiritual wording. So the first one I want to start you off with is binding and loosing. Okay. So, um, let's look at a scripture, Matthew 16, 19 says, and I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So binding and loosing, my friends, are very much a spiritual principle and the wording has power. A lot of times Christians may diminish the power of the power behind a word, but I want you to know that wording really does have power. Our words really do have power. Now, how, how do I know that? Because I've sat in a room with people who were demonized and needed deliverance. And when I used certain words, certain verbiage even, um, I could see the demonic response or the freedom that was coming over the person. So with binding and loosing, let me give you an example. If somebody comes into my office and they say they really need, uh, or at an event, whatever, and they're, they're dealing with, um, you know, accusational uh, words coming against them that, you know, tell them, I'm not saved. I'm not saved. I really don't believe in God. And it sounds like you, but it's not. And so sometimes some people will continue to say things like this and it'll feel so accusational. It'll feel tormenting to them. It will feel very intense. Well, as a minister and one who understands deliverance and the call of, of deliverance for every Christian, I will then say in the name of Jesus, I loose that tormenting spirit, that antichrist spirit over you. Now I realize that I just said an antichrist spirit and you would say, well, how do you know that? Because the, the spirit is accusing them of not loving God, being anti-God. That's an antichrist spirit. Sometimes you can figure these things out with just a little common sense, just using some, some thinking skills. I don't mean that offensively, my friends. I'm being very, very serious about this. And so, you know, so I would say to somebody, I loose that spirit from you. I loose it. That's one way to use the binding and loosing. So when somebody is, let's say, it seems to have just constant failure over their lives and they say, you know, Teresa, I've been trying to, to find work, haven't been able to find work. Uh, I'm, all my relationships are constantly failing. Um, you know, uh, just, I just can't seem to, to have success in anything that I do. Well, you know, of course, sometimes you, you do consider people's lives in the sense of, are they uh, making choices over and over and over and over again that are, that are preventing them from living their best life. But my first go-to isn't, well, what kind of life are you living? My first go-to is let's get them free. So one way that I would pray over somebody who struggles with blessing, staying um, in, a, in a position of being constantly manifested is I'm going to say, I bind blessing to you. You see, I'm binding blessing to you in the name of Jesus. Why? Because these things, these dark, the darkness comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The word says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know biblically that there is an enemy and he does want to take and take and take from you. Take and destroy and leave you basically with nothing. So I'm going to bind blessing over them and I'm going to break and loose the curses over them and anything that's operating in them. And I'll speak about that in just a little bit. 
but we definitely want to bind and loose and what basically what we're doing is I'm taking my supreme authority in Christ and I am asserting it over the lower authority because darkness I shouldn't even say lower authority I should say lower power because they don't have authority they 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 have power the darkness has power not authority the authority was broken at the cross and resurrection of Jesus Christ and uh, and so sometimes verbiage is a big deal wording's a big deal because we can say two different things in our message if we're not careful so so binding and loosing is God's is Christ's supreme authority over the enemy's lower power and so remember that my friends so that was out of Matthew 16 19 the binding and loosing the next one I'm going to talk to you about is blessing versus cursing you know um, I wrote about this in my book there's a story that there was a person that came to see me and in their life they had a person that every time they saw them this person would speak evil over them in front of their face like they would just curse them speak cursing over them and they would speak dark things over them and uh, accusations over them and just like the darkest of the dark and that the person was a young young person a little kid really when all of this was going on and they didn't understand why was that happening they they just knew it was happening well by the time they came to see me their life was really just kind of in the worst place and falling apart and um, one day I was sitting in front of them and we were having a session and the Holy Spirit just rose up in me with authority and assertiveness and he said to me bless them start speaking blessing over them and so I did just that I started speaking blessing over them and proclaiming that they will they will accomplish what God has set out for them to accomplish and that they will not um, uh, be continuing the life that they've been living etc etc well within a moment after I started blessing them this demon literally manifested it started laughing and then the person lost consciousness for just a moment um, and then I continued to speak life over them and command that they'd leave them etc here's what I want to say I have a teaching out there that's called witchcraft practicing Christians uh, I know that the that the um, the title is a little uh, intense, but I do that to give a, a, a very clear picture of what we do when we speak evil over people. If you look at the book of James, he says, with the same mouth we bless and with the same mouth we curse, this ought not to be. When you look up the word cursing, and I've, I've said this before and I, I say it very often because it, it's not said enough. When you look at the word curse, though with the same mouth we curse, that word means to summon evil upon. For me to summon evil upon something, I have to invite it. I have to call it forth. And evil is an entity, my friend. So when I speak evil, dark, uh, accusatory, um, abusive, any kind of abusive, accusatory, uh, accusational, uh, demeaning any kind of darkness dark speech that comes out of my mouth I am releasing a cursing why do you think they're called curse words you know they're even spelled c-u-r-s-e not cuss words c-u-s-s curse words because they are actually made or they're actually for the purpose of 
calling, drawing, and inviting evil upon someone's life. And that's just so sad. It's sad, but it happens. And so the Lord wanted me to bless them and speak life over them. And guess what? The enemy didn't like it. Why? Because spiritual wording has power. And that's what I'm trying to teach you right now, because I want you to get it and run with it. And so this young woman who, uh, who, who said, I want to know about spiritual wording. This really um, helped me be able to bring the teaching to you because now I can see, okay, this is what people need to hear. They need to understand that words have power. And we hear that a lot, but I don't know that we hear it in the sense of when you're praying for somebody, when you're calling somebody set free, those words that you use will actually uh, really help you in the moment when you're praying for freedom and deliverance for someone. Well, my friends, if you just tuned in to our program, you are listening to Teresa Lusk Ministries. I am your host, Teresa Lusk. Please go to our website, TeresaLusk.com, for more information on our ministry. You could also email us, info at TeresaLusk.com. If you are being blessed by our ministry, would you please go and give a donation, partner with us maybe every month. Uh, you can do that on our website, TeresaLusk.com, and click on the Donate button. Also, we encourage you to get a copy of our book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit-Filled Life. You can find that wherever books are sold online. And we also want to let you know that that book will actually be out in Spanish in the very near future. So please look for your copy. And I can't wait to hear your testimonies on how it helps you in your own freedom and those of those are who are around you. So we're talking about spiritual wording today, and I'm talking about words that have power when you're doing deliverance on someone, when you're praying deliverance on someone, speaking deliverance on someone. And we've talked about binding and loosing and blessing and cursing. So let's look at repentance. You know, <clears throat> repentance is powerful. When you use that word repentance, it literally is saying that you're going to change your mind about turn your heart from it and completely turn away and that's why it's so powerful because it does say i'm i'm acknowledging that this is sin and i'm also going to turn my back from it i'm going to learn to not think of it as something that's good for my life and so when you use that word in deliverance and freedom ministry it will actually offend darkness it's such an offensive word to darkness, my friends, to the dominion of darkness. It is offensive. So there are times when I will just take people through a prayer and, and have them repent of some lifestyle that they've been doing. And even though some everybody who, who said yes to Jesus has been forgiven for their past sins, okay? But sometimes what happens is these their demons are stubborn. I've said this before. Darkness is stubborn. They don't just give up. They're not just going to say, oh, she told me to leave. Okay, let me pack my bags. Let me grab my little friends that I brought in with me and let me get going. It doesn't work that way. They usually resist. They usually want to, uh, you know, just continue to torment people's lives. That's what they want to do. Why? Because having to find a new host for their work is not an easy task. Yes, there's a lot of people out there who who live a careless, dark, wicked lives, of course. But why leave when they have a well-established residence? 
And so, so repentance is, those are fighting words. And so if I take somebody through a prayer to say, I repent of my sin, I repent of my sharp tongue, I repent of my critical words, I repent of my accusatory words. You see, when I do that, I'm really uh, acknowledging to heaven, to earth, I'm, I'm acknowledging to God, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, I'm acknowledging to angels and demons that I am sorry for my sin. And so that's why it's so powerful because the enemy is basically being mocked um, in in having to watch a Christian or a non-believer repent for something they've been doing. It's powerful, my friends. I pray that repentance, that, that in this teaching you find repentance to be so much more than what we make it to be at church. Sometimes in churches we'll hear about repentance, but we'll just kind of you know, rub a little bit on the surface of it and just kind of take that just, just a little bit. But we need to actually see it for what it is. It is war on darkness. Repentance, changing your mind, changing your heart, turning away from, acknowledging that it's darkness does not make the enemy happy. So take people through repentance. Take yourself through repentance and say, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I've been participating in this, this, and that. I repent of it. I acknowledge how dark and sinful it is. I acknowledge how it offends you. I acknowledge how it defiles my body, my mind, my soul, my, my spirit, etc. And the same thing with the next word, which is renounce. Renouncing is a, a strong word. Renouncing is kind of like repentance, but it's an official breaking up with. While repentance carries the weight of it's a sin and I'm sorry, renouncing is, it does still say, I'm turning away from, I'm turning my back on it, and I'm breaking up with it. You know, you don't have to continue on with all the reasons. You just say, all right, you know what? I break myself off from it, from that which I should have broken myself off from it a long time ago. And so my friends, renouncing and repentance, I usually throw them in there together in prayer when people are wanting to uh, get set free. And so I throw them in there together. I repent and renounce of my sin of, or my generational sins of whatever, whatever it may be. So the next one is the blood covenant. And this is the last one I'm going to discuss with you. You know, I've said this before. I don't agree with the generational curse theology. However, I do agree that generational devils still pass on from generation to generation. Here are the two differences. One is a curse. The other is that demons can still operate and have influence over. Some people may say, well, how do you justify that? Well, here's how I justify it. I justify it in that um, I know that I justify it in that I know that because I belong to Christ, I'm forgiven. But I also know that I don't have to pay for my ancestors' sins. Can you imagine that God would be waiting around on me to find the two or three sins that my great, 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 great grandfathers or grandmothers committed so that I can say, I'm sorry, Lord, I repent of them, etc.? I mean, that's not who God is. And so we do learn that the curses, while God does not make me pay for those, sometimes the, the 
the things that pass on are the devils that caused a lot of the behaviors and sins, etc. So those can still be around. Why? Because the enemy knows that you have not told them to leave. So while you're forgiven, they still want to stick around. Why? Because they need a host. My friends, it's easier. Once again, it's easier to stay where they've been for for generation to generation to generation than to just up and go. And so that's part of what you will deal with. So, excuse me, one of the things that I really um, want to uh, enlighten you with is this. When people have practices of the occult in their lives, witchcraft, new age, all the isms of religion, uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, all those things, all those, all those false religions. Here's how you know the one and true belief in God. It's this, that you believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There was one sacrifice for your sin, and it was Jesus. He died, rose again. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and then the Holy Spirit comes to indwelling you here on earth. He was born of a virgin, um, and and so that's it. If you have to add more to that theology, other than we, we are saved by his grace, by his blood, then then we're kind of being sidetracked. So with with the occult... It's the same thing. The occult is hidden things in darkness. So anything you have to do that has to do with darkness and hiddenness, you can also read uh, Deuteronomy 18. It'll give you a list of a lot of the things that are out there that are not good, but they look good. Um, You'll find out. So in our generations, prior generations, it's very likely, very likely, my friends, that you have had some kind of witchcraft in your family and so when you pray that you ha- that you assert the blood covenant of Jesus, meaning the blood that was shed through him, and that he's the only blood covenant that you submit yourself to, and that all other blood covenants, whether it's human or, or animal, or any other type, I mean, obviously there's, that's all, but any kind of packs, blood packs, whatever, none of it that it's all canceled, that you renounce and repent of it, starting from your ancestors from the very beginning of time to your generation and to your children and your children's children to 1,000 generations, those things have to break. Those things have to go. They have to be uprooted. And how I like to say, uh, they will be dethroned, right? Because a lot of times our ancestors were the ones who opened up the door to uh, allowing them to set up their throne in your family line but you don't have to put up with it my friends you have the right to speak christ's blood covenant over every single thing that has come your way to try to have rule and reign and my friends this is good for anybody so once again we have the binding and loosing of the supreme authority of christ Um, just being asserted over the lower power straight out of Matthew 16 19 we have the blessing speaking blessing over people when there has been much cursing being spoken over um, you know just speaking life anything that brings life and direction and uh, peace then we have a repentance which is 
the acknowledgement of whatever that thing is. It is an acknowledgement that it is sin, that it is offensive to the cross of Christ, um, that it is um, uh, not part of God's kingdom, and so that you are acknowledging that to heaven, to earth, to um, to demons, to the Holy Spirit, to angels, to Jesus, to the Father, to the Son, etc. Um, and then we have um, renouncing. Very, very important. Renouncing. You know, I renounce, I break up with all the activity that I've been doing. I'll give you an example. Uh, one way to do that is, let's say uh, you've been playing with the Ouija board, or you did when you were a child. A lot of people will say, you know, I played with it, but I was just a kid, and it was no big deal. We were just hanging out. Well, that is a big deal. You still open the door to something. Uh, you can't give yourself over to stuff like that that was used and created for evil and think that something good will come out of it. Age doesn't matter, my friends. What matters is your involvement. So one of the things that I would do is take somebody through a prayer, and I have many times before. I renounce and repent of my sin of playing with the Ouija board, playing with darkness, allowing it uh, to have rain over my life, maybe giving into the curiosities of the uh, spiritual work, etc., etc. So those two words, they work together. And I use them very, very often. And then, of course, the last one is the blood covenant of Christ. And that's the one that you want to assert, meaning you're putting it over and above any and all other um, blood covenants that have ever been done either by you or uh, by your ancestors, including your parents, including that. <clears throat> and by the way, it's not just, it's not just um, the occult practices that are very clearly dark. There are some others that are not so in your face dark and a lot of people again they will justify it and say well you know my dad he was into this that and the other and he meant well he was a great man he took care of his family got up to go to work um you know was always kind had many friends he never got into anything he, he and, and he did this a long time ago you see my friends none of what i just said that most people will use to justify none of it has anything to do with the spiritual aspect of that lifestyle. Am I saying that God has not forgiven them? Absolutely not. I'm not. I was forgiven, but then later, months later after I gave my life to Christ, the interesting thing is the Lord started taking me through a deliverance process. Why? Because I gave myself to a lot of darkness, and while I was fully forgiven, I was not being left alone by these oppressive things that wanted to stay in my family line. Why? Because they'd been there for years and years and years and years. And so what they figured is, until someone tells me to go, I'm not going. That doesn't mean that you're not forgiven of your sin. And that's one of the things that we have to learn to understand with deliverance. Just because you have oppression or demonization of, or torment, darkness, any kind, does not mean that you're not forgiven. Now, some people struggle with um, being faithful to God. Isn't that something? They struggle with faithfulness to God, much like the Israelites. If you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that so many times the Israelites would 
revert to idolatry. Anytime they didn't think that the Lord was answering them in their proper time, their appointed time, not God's appointed, their appointed time. Anytime they thought he didn't come in to rescue them, take care of them, provide for them, what, what have you, they would revert to idolatry. Well, in present day, we have that problem. My friends, sometimes we have a problem with staying faithful to the Lord because our hearts are filled with the need for idolatry. And I know that's hard to hear, but the truth will set you free. So I have to tell you the truth. Does your heart have idolatry? If it does, then there is some repentance that still needs to happen. Some genuine, I'm sorry, Lord Jesus, that I keep running back to the spirit of witchcraft or idolatry. I put other things as a God instead of you, that kind of thing. But in general, speaking in generalities, you have been forgiven for your sins, except if you're making it a lifestyle, it is important to repent and renounce it and actually walk away. Otherwise, my friends, um, you know, demons, they like to hang on if they can. And, um, you know, it's easy to dismiss this message at times, but all you have to do is talk to somebody who has been through it and received the deliverance from their mind, from their bodies, wherever it is that they're being um, tormented. And you'll know that this is just a life-changing training. Well, my friends, I pray that you've been blessed today. We invite you to go to our website, TeresaLusk.com, or email info at TeresaLusk.com. You can also get a copy of our latest book, Unapologetically Free, Deliverance and Freedom Through the Spirit of Life. God bless.